Welcome to the Shepherd's Crick Podcast. This ministry exists to provide coaching, resources, and events for pastors and church members. My name is Jared Sparks. Join me as I talk pastoral ministry, applied theology like manhood and womanhood, political theology, and cultural analysis with a little bit of hunting and fishing thrown in. I'm a husband, a father, and a pastor, and I'm here to remind you of the chief pastor and our king, Jesus. guys and welcome back to the Shepherd's Crook Podcast. It has been a minute so I'm certainly glad to be back and thanks so much for tuning in again. I had spent a little bit of time last week with the family at Jack's Fork River with some church friends and we had a really great time floating about a seven mile float from Alley Spring down to Circle B Campground and if you've never been to Jack's Fork River that's where we take the intensive every year in the spring and so we're always there as a family then later on in the summer and it's just a beautiful float. If you've never seen a spring or any kind of big spring water, for some reason, like southeast Missouri has incredibly just huge springs that just bubble up out of the ground. This one had 87 million gallons a day that comes up out of it. And that's not even the biggest one there. Big spring down in Van Buren has almost 300 million gallons of water that just come, comes up right up out of the rocks every single day, every single minute. It's just unbelievable. And so we just had a really good time. So last week pretty much was just a wash when it came to content, but I'm back this week and excited to be here. We're going to talk about the dangerous sin of effeminacy. Now this is kind of old hat a little bit if you've been listening to podcasts that are kind of similar to mine over the last few years, but I want to revisit it and think about in pastoral ministry in particular and also evaluate, do a little bit of historical analysis a bit on Sojourn Network, which we were a part of, and Acts 29, and then just walk through sexual sins and problems in 1 Corinthians chapter, <clears throat> and end in 1 Corinthians chapter 6, but really just walk through the whole book of 1 Corinthians quickly and just talk about this sin of effeminacy, the problem of masculine women and feminine men, and then really just call us up. And if you have dealt with this particular sin or know people who deal with this particular sin, don't just push it down and just act like, act like it doesn't exist. You know, effeminacy is one of those sins that we just are supposed to just ignore and just act like, you know, isn't there. And so I want to really call you up out of that and call out that sin. And it is something that requires church discipline if, if necessary. And in 1 Corinthians, that's clearly the case. So let's go ahead and pray, and then we'll work through some of this material. Let's pray. Father, we just thank you for this time. Ask for a blessing upon it. I pray that this would be an encouragement and also help people navigate if there's any men in particular or any ladies in their life that are living in such a way that is dishonoring to you because they're not being faithful to the gender in which you've created them. Then help us to lovingly and boldly say you're, you're walking out of line with God's design. So to the men who are not acting like men, they need to act like men. And to the women who are not acting like women, they need to act like women. And to help us to love people in that way, love them enough not to just to ignore their sin, but to call them up out of it. And it's in Jesus' name we pray. Amen. Okay. There are certain things in our life that we are supposed to ignore. So stereotypes would be one of them, and you kind of know what I'm talking about. So the moment you say black people anything, then people go nuts. Or you say Asians anything. And these are just things we're not supposed to, these patterns, are, we're just not supposed to see. We're just supposed to ignore it, act like it doesn't exist, or they don't exist. So Jews, anything. And if you just say anything on the backside, well, that's anti-Semitic. Or, for instance, white people, for some reason we can't say, like, white people like pumpkin spice latte and the fall, you know, that kind of thing. But those are just things we're supposed to ignore. And effeminacy 
could be filed under that sort of category, especially when it comes to effeminate pastors. There are certain things, this being one of them, we're just supposed to observe and see and then just not say out loud. It's just no big deal. Some men act effeminate, some women act masculine, and that's just the norm. We're not supposed to say anything about it. We're not even supposed to acknowledge it. And if we do acknowledge it, we're thinking, oh man, I should, that's, that's really, there's something wrong with me acknowledging that. That's mean of me to even say that. But if you think about Acts 29, Minus Driscoll. Driscoll is not effeminate. I think that's why he continues to have some sort of mass appeal. But I remember the very first time that I heard Matt Chandler preach. It was in 2004 at Glorieta, New Mexico, and I was working with Student Life Camp, and he was, I think he was about 31 at the time, maybe 30 at the time. And I remember the first time I heard him thinking, man, he's kind of effeminate. He kind of talks like a woman and has mannerisms a little bit womanly. Now, I really... I really appreciated Chandler at the time, and it was God used his preaching because you quickly just kind of got used to it. But I remember that first time, and if you remember the first time that you watched him preach, then you probably had similar thoughts, and then you just, again, you just kind of get used to it, and you don't think about it again. But when we were part of the Sojourn Network, the weird thing was, in the Sojourn Network, and most of the pastors in Sojourn Network were part of Acts 29 before, Daniel Montgomery was the leader of the network, and if you've never heard Daniel Montgomery preach, teach, talk, or anything. He's incredibly effeminate. He talks very womanly. And then many of the pastors in that network talked like women. And that's the same with Acts 29. There are many pastors in Acts 29 that just talked like women. And then there were many affirmative action speakers up on the stage that just couldn't speak at all. They just weren't good preachers. And you're just supposed to ignore it. You're supposed to ignore that Eric Mason is not a very good preacher or that Doug Logan, he's just not a very good preacher. You're just supposed to ignore that. And again, effeminacy is continued to be allowed in certain areas and in certain cultures and churches because it's just ignored. It's just allowed, and then you just eventually get used to it, and then it just becomes normal. Okay, there's some, some men that act like women, and then there's some women that act like men. And, oh yeah, everything's okay. It's no big deal. Now, certainly it is the case that some men are wired a little bit differently. They may like aesthetics more than other men, or... Okay, you guys get the point. There's there's caveats here. But what I mean is, Acts 29 as a whole, and Sojourn Network as a whole, as a whole and certainly we know Sojourn more, not every pastor there was effeminate. But there were pastors that straight up talked like women, had mannerisms like women, used their hands, the hand motions, the way they spoke, their emotional life, how they presented themselves emotionally. It was all like a woman. And we were just supposed to ignore it, act like it wasn't, it wasn't happening. And I think this is what we've been trained in, in the society that we live in over the last however many years. This is how we've been catechized. And it has so infiltrated the church that if you say anything about it, about the sin of effeminacy, which I've talked about before over the last 400 and something episodes, I've done a few episodes on this. But if you say anything about it, you're the bad guy. Rather than saying, hey, I think we're supposed to act like men here. And if you have feminine traits, if you have feminine mannerisms, then you should stop that and you should act like a man. And if you are a woman and if you're acting like a man and you are being masculine, well, then you should stop that and then you should embrace the femininity in which God has created you to walk in. And I think, not I think, I know the church in Corinth was dealing with some of these exact same issues. And I just want you to think through the book of 1 Corinthians with me about what's happening in this city and then what Paul does through the power of the Holy Spirit to Paul to call them out of this. Okay, just think through this quickly with me. In chapter 5, 
there was a sexual sin that was on display that was of gross manner that even the pagans were grossed out at. It was a man sleeping with his father's wife. So apparently it wasn't his mother, but it was his father's wife. In a second, I'm going to sip on some coffee here. He's sleeping with his father's wife, and Paul corrected them because they were tolerating it, and they were arrogant in their toleration of this sexual sin. So instead of it being immediately disciplined and that man removed, it, he was not just tolerated, but it was it was welcomed. It was, hey, look, God's grace, this kind of sexual deviancy uh, doesn't need immediate, uh, to immediately be disciplined. Then in chapter 6, we find that there is adultery taking place, that there were former adulterers, excuse me, that were in the church, that there were former effeminate men in the church, and there were former homosexuals in the church. And now they're in the church, so they have all that you know, history there, and they have walked away from that, but that was the context in which the church of Corinth exploded. It exploded amongst people that were just sexually um, in sin, and effeminacy being one of those sins in, in chapter 6, verse 9. Then, in chapter 6, we find that there was a current prostitution problem. Don't you know that if you join with a prostitute, that two become one? There's something that happens with the with sexual intimacy that is sin against your own body. Don't be sleeping around with prostitutes. So <laughs> Paul's having to write a unique letter. I mean, I've never had to do that within the context of our local church. Any church I've pastored, I've never had to say, hey, stop with this prostitution problem. Chapter 6, we find that that was going on. In chapter 7, we find out that people didn't understand how marriage worked. They didn't understand marriage at all. And so there was basic instructions, basic, basic instructions given about how sex works in the context of marriage because there was so much sexual deviancy within the church. They didn't understand how proper sexual intimacy worked between a man and a woman in the context of marriage. And so Paul is laying this out for them. And then in chapter 11, the hotly debated chapter 11, some of the missing the forest for the trees things in the conversations about head coverings is the fact that men were presenting themselves externally as a woman, as women, and women were presenting themselves externally as men in the context of worship, but also not just in the context of worship, they were doing this in the context of life, in the way they were doing their hair. They were walking around presenting themselves in a feminine manner, men were, and then women were walking around presenting themselves in a masculine manner with their hair. This issue wasn't just in the context of worship. It was in the context of all of life. They were confused about how gender and how we were supposed to present ourselves publicly. So the issue was massive. You had feminine men and you had masculine women. This is not a new problem that we're dealing with. These aren't new sins that we're having to address as pastors. These are ancient problems, ancient sins that go back to the corruption of mankind all the way back to the garden. These are some of the, 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 the pervasive sins that mankind deals with is sexual perversion. It's pleasure, it's self-gratification, and that comes out in all sorts of perverted ways. And then you have to deal with it, and we're seeing that being dealt with here in 1 Corinthians. In chapter 14, what we find is women don't know their place, their proper place in worship, and so the men aren't, are, aren't functioning in their proper manner also in, in the context of worship uh, because these women were functioning in the way they were. And so these women were out of line asking so many incessant questions. And when you're asking incessant questions in the context of a Lord's Day gathering or a church function or gathering, things can't be done because there's so many questions that are just... Uh, I remember being in a hunter safety course about five or six years ago. And as I was in there, there were these young... There was grandpas with their grandchildren and these grandsons were in there asking these questions. And it was just you know, stupid question after stupid question after stupid question. And because the time has to be filled for a hunter safety course, you have to have two days and I forget how many hours it has to be. But these questions are just allowed to continue on. And you're just sitting there just thinking, oh my gosh, I have a family at home. I could be doing other things. And I've got to sit through this hunter safety course and listen to all these 
stinking questions from, from eight and nine year olds. And now, you know, sweet kids, but <laughs> it's just incessant questions. You just couldn't get anything done because of all these questions. Same thing happening here in Corinth where these ladies are just asking these incessant questions. Then in chapter 16, we find that Paul just tells them, act like men. And the reason he had to tell them that is, you know, hot take here, uh, because they weren't. The men weren't acting like men. So they had to be called to act like men. They had to step up. If you are a feminine man, act like a man. If you don't know what it means to be a man, act like a man. Get somebody that can show you here's how to be a man and then live like that. Don't act like a woman. Don't keep acting like that. Now, let's go back to this sin of effeminacy and look at it in 1 Corinthians chapter 6, verse 9. And we're going to look at the NASB because I think the NASB does a better job translating this. But this sin of effeminacy isn't going anywhere. It's going to continue uh, to be an issue. And a part of this is some, are things, not, not just sin and rebellion. It is sin and rebellion, sexual sin and rebellion that's pervasive in our society and world. But it also is something that is happening to us. When it comes to chemicals, foods, all this kind of stuff, that, that is all these outside factors that are happening, there is a reason, not just social engineering, which is a part of it, of why the LGBT scale or whatever is now 20% of Gen Z is claiming to be on this, this spectrum here, where it used to be always like 2% or less that were claiming to be LGBT. That, that kind of people in that kind of sexual sin. And so there, there are some outside factors that seem to be contributing in, not just the social engineering that's making this, uh, this cool, that, that sexual deviancy is somehow cool, but it's going to be a, a problem. It's going to continue to be a problem. And sadly, it's going to be, continue to be a problem when it comes to pastoral ministry. Effeminate men are drawn to pastoral ministry for some reason. To, it, they don't know what it means to be a pastor. If pastoral ministry was done the right way, effeminate men wouldn't be drawn to pastoral ministry, but for some reason, there's still all across this country effeminate men in pulpits, and it's a tragedy. So it is going to be continue to be an issue. But here's the first thing we got to do: we got to not ignore it. The things that we're told in life, you're just supposed to ignore that. You're not supposed to trust your gut. You're not supposed to trust your eyes. You have to start start through the power of the Holy Spirit, especially Christian men and women. Trust your eyes and trust your gut. Don't just ignore things that are sin. And this could be any kind of sin. This could be, for instance, gluttony. It could be uh, pride, arrogance, uh, any, anything down the list. Things that we just say, well, that's just their personality. Well, that's just their uh, fill in the blank, whatever it may be. If they're not repenting of it and it's sin, then that's an issue that needs to be addressed with church discipline. Anybody just embraces sin and says, well, that's just a part of my personality. You're, you're not doing what God has called you to do when it comes to being vigilant to mortify the flesh. We're here to mortify sin in our life. And so whatever that is, we have to be vigilant with it. And we need other brothers and sisters around us not to ignore it, to not, you know, we don't want them to not trust their eyes, not trust their gut. We need them to address it. And so when it comes to this particular sin of effeminacy, we need to address it. So on a large scale, denominations, networks, Acts 29, you know, back in the day, whatever it was, they should have addressed these sins now and say pastors that are, are effeminate or talking like or acting like women, you have to stop that. And if you don't stop that, if you don't repent of that, then you're not fit for pastoral ministry or fill in the blank, whatever it is. If you won't repent of this, your anger issue. But <clears throat> we need to require men to, the second thing is require men to act like men and require women to act like women or exercise church discipline. And that might sound harsh to the listening ear if you're not in pastoral ministry or if you're, if you're not used to the culture of church discipline. Church discipline starts with basic accountability. Hey, I've noticed that you have been, you talk like a woman. What's up, dude? And just <laughs> address it head on and talk about it and say, you know, you need to stop that. 
or your mannerisms are very feminine, you probably should address that. The way you dress, man, why are you wearing capris? You know, like, why? Come on. Why are you over, overly emotional all the time? And address that sin and because this is what God would have us do. This, this is what you would want other people to do for you if you were walking in this particular sin or any particular sin. You would want them to address that sin in you. Same thing with the ladies. Ladies, come alongside in the same thing you would with immodest dress. If there's a woman that's not just dressing immodestly, you would, you would hopefully address that. But also, if she is dressing masculine on a regular and consistent basis, then... Talk to her about it and say, why are you presenting yourself in a manly way? Why does your hair look masculine? And if there's a man whose hair looks feminine, you should say, why does your hair look feminine? Stop that. So an unrepentant man or a woman needs to be in the situation where, where church discipline is being exercised. And <clears throat> this is what God would call us to. These are clear sins that are highlighted. And we see this here in 1 Corinthians chapter 6, verse 9. And this is what the NASB says, or do you not know that the unrighteous will not inherit the kingdom of God? Do not be deceived, nor neither fornicators, nor idolaters, nor adulterers, nor the effeminate, nor homosexuals. This is a serious issue. Unrepentant, effeminate men, unrepentant adulterers reveal themselves to be, or they reveal themselves to be, unbelievers, unregenerate. Those that are unrepentant and walking in homosexuality, what are they revealing themselves to be? They are revealing themselves to be unregenerate. There's no such thing as an adulterous Christian. There's no such thing as an adulterous effeminate man. There's no such thing as an adult or as a homosexual Christian. There's no such thing as those Christians, where those are defining characteristics that they go unrepented. And so we've got to call them up out of that and say, no, you have to repent. And then finally, in chapter 16, we need to call them to act like men. Men are called to act like men. Women act like women. Now, the text doesn't say act like women, but we can take this from the rest of the chapters in 1 Corinthians and be and make just a definitive statement from the rest of the scriptures to say that women are also to act like women. Be alert, stand firm in the faith, act like men, be strong. Eric reads this at the end of every single Hardman podcast, act like men. This is what God has called us to do. If you're a pastor listening in, because I know that a majority of my audience is still pastors, if you are a pastor listening in, Ask somebody, I mean, ask your wife. If you're effeminate, then stop it. Quit that. And I'm telling you, the real men in the church are the good men that do trust their eyes. They do trust their gut. And they say, I'm, I wouldn't follow that man anywhere. They won't follow you anywhere. And so you got to be the man that God's called you to be. Act like men. And then address the men in your church that are acting like women. And address the women in your church that are acting like men. And let's give an example to the world to say, here's what it looks like to be a godly man. Here's what it looks like to be a godly woman. And to not blend the two together. And I think God, I know God would be honored through that. Okay, guys, I hope this has been helpful. Please consider leaving a rating, a review. Thanks for, for continuing to come back. If you don't know, we have a YouTube channel. Check that out. Subscribe. And also, if you want to be on the newsletter, reach out, let me know, and I'd love to get you signed up for that. Thanks, guys. Hope you have a great rest of your day. Thanks again for listening to the Shepherd's Crook Podcast. For more information, you can go to theshepherdscrook.co. Please consider leaving a rating or review on iTunes. And if you want to become a member of the Shepherd's Crook, please message me and we'll get you on the list. We hope you have a great rest of your day.